Let's Define Win, a podcast for everyday horse enthusiasts to laugh, commiserate, and learn that life is all about how you define wins. All right, episode 29, coming live from the armpit of South Carolina. <laughs> how are you in West Virginia? I am in West Virginia. Oh. <laughs> Going live from West Virginia. I don't even know where I'm at, which is pretty applicable to my life and why I should try new things. Right, Maddie? Well, that's right, Angela. (laughs) Trying new things is a great way to humble yourself, put yourself out there, be vulnerable, and improve and learn and grow. Okay, but... In all honesty, actually, when we were on our way down to a show in Iowa a couple of weeks back, we stopped at we stopped at Gerald Sulky Business. They make they're they're like the global manufacturer of carts that you see a lot of times um, in like the driving classes. Mm, okay. Apparently, they're like the big one, the only one, is what I was told. And so we stopped there. And we were talking to them about like all the different things and like, you know, kind of like the different segments of their business and everything. And he was saying that, you know, a lot of what, um, well, maybe not. He said the market that you would, that you see kind of like in the pleasure driving, like in paint and quarter horse and all that isn't as large as it could be. Despite the fact, like the really cool thing about driving is like you don't need a canner you don't need a lope to do that right and so like if you have a nice like walk jog and trot you're like absolutely set to go in that class and he was saying that like what holds people back from trying that is being afraid to try something new you know obviously there's like the safety aspect of that but like he said like the large factor that he sees with his customers or non-customers is the lack of vulnerability that they're willing to show to try something new Which I think is pretty not necessarily uncommon in the horse industry. No, like I was just thinking like that's like very, that's a very potent statement and a very potent statement. Um, And I think super valid, you know, I think. Because like at the very basis, like why, why don't you try to do new things or learn new disciplines? It's because like you're afraid of failure you're afraid of looking stupid you're afraid of you know it not suiting you like you're almost always not afraid of the thing itself like you're afraid of failure and I think once you realize that like failure is inevitable things are never going to go 100% right 100% of the time why why wouldn't you try that new thing because it could be the best thing you ever did like that could be your niche like that could be your precipice for growth and that could be launching point into like the next phase of your life your career your goals your horse show life whatever it is no and I mean like I think branching out and trying different things can like help you with your original goal too I mean for me like Dory is 15 hands on a good day right 15 one on a good day and so we will do equitation for funsies, you know, blow my little brain, you know, patterns a little bit more complicated. I got to figure out which diagonal and everything. 
and it may not be the cutest. It may not be the prettiest, but it's really helped me come back and fix my horsemanship. Mm. That fixing being relative, but like, it's really helpful to try something different to really isolate different things. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Cause like for the long, until like 2019, so two years ago, literally I'd only show the pleasure and I would like maybe show the horsemanship, like maybe, maybe, maybe if Toby was really tired, I would do it. And I thought like, I was like, yeah, I'm showing showmanship. Like I really know what I'm doing, but I was literally like leading him around the arena and like smiling at the judges. Like I was not doing showmanship. It was (laughs) embarrassing to say the least. Um, but it took someone else saying like, Hey, you, you should really branch out. Like you should really try this. You know, you should really try to like show the horsemanship. You should really try to show the equitation. And I always thought like, I just wasn't a pattern writer. And then as soon as I started doing it, I realized like, wow, like I really enjoy the patterns far more than I enjoy the pleasure. And I really enjoy, um, learning like the mechanics of how to make the horse do the maneuvers. Like I always thought like I really knew how to ride and I was a good rider and I was an effective rider. But then as soon as I got out there and you're like, I don't know, I think you're naked on stage when you're out there in a pattern. Like you're just there for everyone to see all of your flaws. You're there for everyone to see all of what hopefully good parts you have. And that was really what it took to make me realize like, I have so many areas I can improve on and that was the precipice for, okay, I'm going to start hauling and doing weekly lessons. Hey, I'm going to start writing with other people. Hey, I'm going to start watching YouTube videos and like learning how to get better because one, like it was a little awkward being embarrassed (laughs) that like, I didn't really know how to do it. And two, like it just like instills that drive in you and I don't know like I thought I really liked the horsemanship and then I started showing the equitation and I think the equitation's harder like you said because you have to think you know there's diagonals involved but I think you have to have a lot more feel to be a really good ec rider because obviously you need to know where your horse's legs are so you can pick up your diagonal and what's and what have you but I do think that made me a better rider in like the horsemanship and even the discipline rail um I think a lot of times people are like well you just kind of sit there in the discipline rail it's like no you really don't like there's all these areas you need to like harness their body harness their body parts so you can pivot get off the rail two track whatever it is and and I wouldn't have known that if I wouldn't have tried to do the horsemanship at a class or one of the first shows Right. Well, and say you are perfect and you're the world's best or you've hit your goal and whatever. And so in your eyes, you're sufficient with whatever class of your choosing, right? Like it's no fun to just stay there, right? Like it's, it's fun to have that, but like, at least for me, like I'm a competitive person. I like to know that I'm improving. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it's nice to be able to like see me adding classes, improving across the board. And, you know, that stuff doesn't happen unless you add or you try something new. And, you know, it can, you know, maybe you'd be like, how does showmanship go back to like equitation or whatever, right? And you're like, 
somewhere along the line, you know, something contributes to something, I think. Whether it's like your show presence or it's your body posture or how you ride. I think people just respect you more too. When you show more classes or? When you try different things. Oh yeah. No, I, I a hundred percent agree. And like, you know, you can get really complacent and like I said, like I literally showed the pleasure until two years ago. Like that's what I did. And I remember being like kind of bored and thinking like, you know, I pay a lot of money to go to the horse show and then my horse pretty much stands in the stall most of the time. Like I don't really do anything. And so then the push like, hey, no, you should definitely be trying different classes. You should definitely be doing this or that and the other thing. Yeah. People say like the all arounder is the person who got bored waiting for their class and decided to do something. And you know, like part of that is true, but I think also, you know, the all arounder is the person who really wanted to see improvement and try new things and really try to perfect their ability to be a good rider and showman. Well, I think you, you know, again, I'll go back to when you ride the horsemanship, when you ride the equitation, you're really having to learn the mechanics of how you ride and how you get your horse to do the maneuvers. And then you like work on the finesse. So like looking pretty while you're doing all that, that's only going to make you a better rider in the pleasure. And that's only going to make you a better rider in practice. And it's only going to make you so much more aware of your body and your horse's body. So that's only going to make things better. So why not, why not do it? You know? Right. And how many, like, how many times have we sat or, you know, at least alluded to like, you know, you can, you really got to buy the horse for like the pleasure. Right. And like, at that point, anyone can ride the pleasure. Right. I think, and not necessarily, not necessarily saying you, you know, anyone can ride the pleasure because not anyone can, but you know, the level of talent, practice, finesse and all of that, that you need to see in these different classes definitely varies, I would say. No, I 100% that some people, but I stand by that statement. <laughs> no, I'm, I mean, I'm not meaning to be offensive either and, and agree with that. You know, you can most definitely buy a horse to win the pleasure because, and I'm not saying like an incredible pleasure horse can't go show the horsemanship and vice versa, but in the horsemanship and equitation, it's an instrumentation, like it's really based on your body. You know, it's really based on how you ride the horse, how you maneuver the horse. And yes, they take into account, you know, if the horse look, if the horse is crippled, you're not going to win. You're going to get gate carded or sore or whatever. But I would be hard pressed to find a judge that placed an okay rider that was riding a horse that was incredible hocked, had like the str- no bend in its knee when it loped off over the over the horse and rider pair that the horse was okay it was an average mover it was fine there's nothing technically wrong there's nothing wowing it but had a really strong really correct really pretty rider that person was going to win every day in the horsemanship and the equitation versus they're not going to win in the pleasure pen and that's fine you know like, we're not here to bash pleasure horses. We're not here to say, don't take your pleasure horse in the horsemanship. We're not here to say, don't take your horsemanship horse in the pleasure. Show whatever classes you want, but there is far less technicalities to riding in the pleasure. 
you know? From a rider's perspective. From a rider's perspective, correct. Assuming it's a well-trained. Assuming you're, like, comparing the same training levels, too. hmm For sure. But, yeah, no, I'd agree. And I think it's okay that you're – you should and, – and, you know, if you're, like, you know, I really love riding incredible pleasure horses. That's what I do every day. Like, that's that's my joy. Awesome. That's cool. Like, if that's your goal and that's what brings you joy, keep doing that. <clears throat> no, I'm not saying there isn't any talent involved in that, but where where do you where where do you grow? I yeah. don't know. I think right bringing it back to like trying something new. Like don't let don't let the risk of like being afraid to mess up, being afraid to fail, being afraid to like forget your pattern or, you know, not know what you're doing or like look absolutely silly. Don't let that stop you from trying something new. If it's unsafe. Yeah. Don't try it. But you know, go out there, see what happens. Maybe, maybe you thought you were going to be a really good pleasure rider and all of a sudden you go out there and you're like a supernatural at the equitation or something. Right. Like mm-hmm. maybe you just don't pigeonhole yourself. Yeah. Like don't lock yourself down to one thing. Like you owe it to yourself to learn and to grow and to find things you're passionate about, you know? Like, I, I would have never thought that I would have loved showing the equitation until I did it. That's my class I look forward to every single show. And I think, I don't know, I think it's like the ditziest thing, but I am like, the whole show, I just cannot wait for the equitation to come around. It's so, so, it's so silly to me that that's what I look forward to. Like I literally used to rodeo every weekend and I would be so jazzed about it. Now I'm like, I can't wait to show the equitation and my pretty boots and my pretty jacket, my little English saddle. Yeah. See, that was me though. That was me when I showed only Western pleasure, right? Like it was like, when's the Western pleasure going to come up? (laughs) Like three days later. (laughs) All right, we're here. We're raring to go. We've been ready oh, yeah. since day one. Yeah, pretty much. We've taken some practice laps around the pen, and we are here to dazzle. Well, so while we're on the topic of changing your class regimen by trying new things, if you will, I would like to propose to all the breed associations that we change divisions, not based on age any longer, but based on your income. <laughs> Let's make this thing fair. <laughs> I I think there is some merit to that argument, you know? It's very, I don't know. It's, it is very obvious which people, and again, we're not saying anything about, like, we don't want to ruffle feathers with talking about this, but it's... I mean, shit, in our bio, we literally say... Average talent and average wallets. And, you know, people with average wallets, we want a fighting chance against those people who are bringing in $5 billion a year. Exactly. You know, let's just love, just love all the playing fields, drop it. And the categories can be broad. They can be broad. It's fine. So we're not like drilled in. Like everyone who makes a $65,642 and 38 cents a year, right. you're in this category. Plus or minus $5. Yeah. Plus or minus you know everyone's a winner (laughs) 
You have so many divisions. We'd be going forever. Oh, I know. But no, like I think. But like, it's just not fair. It's not fair for the people who can't afford training all year round. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, for the people who, you know, have one horse for, you know, three siblings or something like that, or, mm-hmm. you know, three family members and the horse is tired. Like, it's just not fair for people like that to go and compete against people who, you know, drop a couple hundred thousand dollars a year on different horses and fly in to go visit their trainers once a month. No, I agree. Like, I think shit, people would get real honest real quick. And things yeah. Would... yeah, I don't know. I think that'd be really interesting to see how that all played out. I'd be behind that. Right. And then like people who like do it themselves to like maybe even like throw in like a division for that too. And you know, obviously there's gonna be need like you know, obviously people are gonna need to define certain things, you know, people are gonna cheat it somehow in some way and you know, do whatever. But there's always going to be that. And I think that this would be a great way to really show off the talent. Yeah, I agree. This is another. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, and to like some sort of application similar to this for like the open division too. Um, You know, like we've talked about before, like a client is only good as the horses that they have available to them, right? If you bring them five dragons, it's not like they're going to turn them into unicorns. Like, you just can't do that. Um, So, like, it would say a lot for, you know, someone, a trainer who, you know, maybe doesn't have, like, the tip-top richest of the richest clients, right? You know, for them to, like, go out there and compete. And it's going to really show off the level of hard work and dedication that people put into this. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think. Well, and, too, part of it is, like, you know, maybe we wouldn't need to buy thousands, tens of thousands of dollars of saddles, right? Like, okay, yeah. you're, you're like the one person in the $5 billion annual salary and over thing. Like you don't need to buy that 30 grand saddle. We get it. Trust us. We know you don't need to flaunt it. We understand. Yeah. I think it would really simplify the horse industry. Cause at that point people would be like, what does it matter? You know, like I'm out here competing, like the the level you can spend is is even like you know like that's not really a and not that it should be a defining thing like it shouldn't matter like if there's two horses in the pleasure pen and they both have an incredible front leg and a super deep hawk it shouldn't matter which one's in the nicer saddle but if this one was in a old cutting saddle that still has dirt on it and this one's in a brand new drop whatever saddle you like in there i'd have to believe that one's probably going to win over that one you know like if everything else is equal because it's a prettier picture yeah no i think there's something to be said and you know maybe we still keep the age divisions and maybe we just add these in for fun a little bit of a humbling experience maybe we're just saying, we're just throwing wild ideas out here on this Monday night, you know? Yeah. Work hit us hard on Monday. Throw in tricks and I don't know what else. Fighting with sticks. I'm in the sticks, I tell you what. <laughs> armpit. <laughs> yeah, I'm in, I am in the armpit. The redeeming thing, though, I think about it is with, it's a pretty, I think, 
Showing horse is a pretty well-known industry for having lots of plastic in the bodies. Um, um, you know, get all the plastic you want, but the one thing is, is there's no surgery that makes you a cuter runner. And that's why showmanship is redeeming. <laughs> yes, I agree. Running and showmanship is a craft and a skill of its own. And I... I was on the treadmill earlier, like literally dying. Cause I'm like, I have to show the showmanship this weekend. So I need to start working on this cardio. And I was kind of like watching myself in the mirror and I was like trying to like stand up straight while I ran. I was like, is this what I look like in the showmanship? And I was like, God, that's an ugly picture. So I just like stopped looking. Um, it'd be cool if there was a surgery that made you better at pretty right. runner. All the bionic knees and stuff that like, can't really fix that. Yeah, no kidding. No, I, I agree. I, and I think you could say that for multiple, multiple things, you know, no amount of plastic in your body, no amount of sequins on your jacket, no amount of <laughs> expensive boots, nice hats, whatever is going to make you a better runner in the showmanship. I watched a video of my showmanship go run this weekend or whatever. And I was like, I was like, Oh my gosh, do I really run like that? And everyone was like, it's gotten way better though. And I was like, oh, oh, that was not redeeming. Apparently I used to run like the Pink Panther. I would like crouch down and like run. And I don't remember who told me, but finally someone was like, dude, we gotta, we gotta fix that. Like you look, you look dumb out there. So I was like, why did no one tell me that? I was like halfway through the year of doing it. And finally, I think it was my mom. She was like, you look like the Pink Panther out there. Like, we, you need to do something about that. So I went to my next lesson. And I was like, Julie, people tell me I run weird. She's like, yeah, I thought you knew. I was like, no, I did not know. I love it, too, that it was, like, your mom that told you that, not, like, someone that you show with or anything. Yeah, no. Like, everyone else was letting me look like an idiot out there. <sighs> Whatever. It's kind of like you got like the duck walk going on out there for some people too. Oh yeah. And then it's like, uh, I don't know. We had a, this past weekend, we had to like turn a circle at the walk and like walk to the judge and we were practicing it. And you're like, you're just kind of walking. Like, why are you like wandering? And I was like, I don't know. I'm just feeling good. The weather's out here. And I was just like bopping along. I literally was just like wandering. There was no purpose to my walk. And I, <laughs> There always is, so I don't know. I must have been feeling pretty happy or something. Wait, wait, wait. So how did the showmanship go? No. Um, it was good. We had four different goes. Um, our first one was the best. Okay. And that one was just clean. Um, I, like, came out or whatever after I was done. And we were like, yeah, it could have been, like, better here and it could have been better here. And then, like, we actually did pretty well, so that was exciting. Um... Then the next one, we're like, we're going to give her the beans. We're just going to see what happens. We gave her the beans. Um, it was a little squirmy, a little, but that's fine. Um, you know what we need to work on? And then after that, Doris just got tired. But our fourth one was better than our third one, so that was redeeming. Good. Huh. Yeah. That's good. That's exciting. I. I don't know. I feel like you, you've been out to what, three shows already this year? 
And so this weekend's literally going to be my first show. Literally the first time I've even ridden him this year. And mm-hmm. I'm going to go try to freaking show the all around. I'm an idiot. Like, I felt fine about it. And now I'm, like, nervous. <laughs> like, oh, God. It's going to. It'll be fine. I don't even know how to. I've literally been on two horses this year. I've literally been on two horses since the Congress. And all I did was walk and jog, like, half a lap. So I don't even think that that counts as riding. You'll have plenty of time. Just bring a lunge line. Well, he's at Julie's right now, isn't he? Yeah. So, I mean, he's been getting rode for the last, like, 10 days. So, that was my thing. Like, you know, I've I've been traveling for forever, I feel like. And so, I literally get back, like, right before the show. And so, I was telling Julie, I was like, you need to take him and ride him at least, like, so he's got some cardio strength. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd feel terrible going out there trying to show him. And, you know, the pleasure of the hunting, whatever one's first. I don't even know. It's, like falls over and has an asthma attack because he hasn't been exercised in six months like wow throwing it back to my grad school days when I did this every single show like I was never like I worked and went to grad school and I never rode and I just like show up to the show and be like all right let's go let's see what we got yeah I'm sure he was like oh my god I just broke a sweat getting out of the trailer and you expect me to go show the pleasure (laughs) (laughs) poor BB yeah It'll be okay. It'll be fine. I'll learn how to do things, maybe. Oh, for sure. Well, and I mean, you're getting there Thursday, aren't you? So you'll have plenty of time. Yeah, that's true. But, like, low-key hope all my show clothes still fit because haven't tried those on since November. I don't know. Yeah, they'll fit. It'll be fine. No show scaries. Yeah. I mean, as long as the horse gets in the trailer, that's all that really matters. Well. Don't. He tends to have some issues with that. Does he really? Yeah. He, like, for, when we first got him, would never get in the stall, like, get in the, get in the trailer. But he'd only really left the place we bought him when he was a baby with his mom. And when we took him home like I don't think he ever left the place until we took him home and we took him to a horse show right away like four days later and he would not get on the trailer and so it took like probably a year of working with them to get him to get in the trailer and then he was fine no problem whatever and then last last summer he just he'll get up there and he'll stretch his neck all the way but will not get in the trailer like you can pick his legs up and put them in the back of the trailer and he'll just stand there and go and then slide his feet off the <laughs> He truly is the most, is the best teacher of patience because you just want to kill him. Like you just want to kill him. So the last time I got him on the trailer, I was home alone and I was of course rushing. And so I put Parker on first to like entice him to go in. Well, he hates Parker. So that wasn't a good plan. <laughs> So then I got Parker out and I was trying to put Toby in first and I had to like put the net, the rope over his neck and just stand by his butt and just smack him and just, yeah, it was not good. It took 20 minutes to get him in and then he finally got it and then he tried to whip around and turn out and get out right away. So I nearly died, but it's fine. Yeah, Dory, the horse I had before Dory and before that horse, um, we worked through quite a few trailering. Trailering kind of can be scary. It's just if it's not if it's not going well. 
Yeah, uh, I don't know. I just. No, but Dory now, like, we'll, we'll kind of, like, look at the trailer and we'll just be like, <laughs> she'll, like, stick her neck out too. And you'll be like, Dory, get in the trailer. <laughs> and it's, like, to go home too. And she's just like, I don't know. And I was like, seriously, get in there. And you just, like, give her a look. And she's like, fine. Fine, I will. I know. Like, I understand leaving to go to the horse show. It's like, hmm. Okay, I understand you're not looking forward to being poked and prodded and center on the pen all weekend. I get that. But going home, like, you know you're going home to the lap of luxury. Like, you have a pasture you're going to go run. You can go throw your shoes. It's fine. You kept them on all weekend. Go kick them off in the pasture. Whatever. (laughs) It's fine. Just get in the freaking trailer. And they're still like, oh, I don't want to (laughs) go. Like, oh my god work for me okay do you want to just stay here at the facility because i'm leaving yeah. i'm leaving what, who's gonna take care of you i know it's like pretty sure liz goes home after the horse show she's not gonna stay here and hang out with you dory like pretty sure yeah no this is pretty nice i get that the weather's nicer here in iowa than it is in minnesota when we left but still get in the trailer <laughs> reaching her little neck out and I was like get out here and finally we started like walking down the hallway like amongst everyone and I'm like Dory that is ridiculous you are treated humanely you are treated fairly you are fed you are not abused I was like fix your attitude very well (laughs) yeah and someone was like "Uh oh she's calling ASPCA and I was like yeah it wouldn't be the first time Sarah McLaughlin pans in, singing in the arms of the angels. <laughs> Dory blinks her cute little eyelashes. Maddie's there pulling her, trying to like get the huffer down the aisle. Dory's like pretending to drag her back right foot or something like that. She goes like limping up the rack. Oh, I'm not gonna make it, please, yeah. please, Sarah, help me. <laughs> yeah, and everyone's like watching. I was like, she's fine. She is fine. <laughs> she's fine. Uh, where was I? I think I was at Kirkwood one time and I was stalled like right on that. You come down the ramp and you turn left mm-hmm. and I was trying to lead Toby up to the, uh, to the pen. And I don't know if his tail like caught. So, his, okay. His tail caught a chair in the alleyway. Again, put away your shit. And his tail caught the chair. And I didn't, like, I heard it, but I was really focused on getting up, up there, and I didn't really think anything of it. And it caused, like, a chain reaction of, like, four chairs to get, like, moved and pushed over. And, like, a buck, a water bucket fell over. And people, so it was, like, a lot of commotion. So people came, like, running over. So I'm sure they thought I was, like, beating the shit out of him. And then here we are standing there, like, as there's a whole wake of destruction. <laughs> so I was like, he spooked? Like, what happened? And I was like, no, I think his tail caught a chair. We just took it for a ride. <laughs> I'm sure they're like, oh, God, that girl is beating her horse and just won't own up to it. Um, <laughs> wink, wink. The Speaking of tails, I lost a tail for the first time this weekend. <gasps> oh, no. It was so bad. It was so bad. I, like, lost it on the last maneuver in our fourth showmanship go because I had backed her up pretty aggressively outside, and I guess she had pulled it out. Mm-hmm. Um, so we hang it extra high now but um we like did our final maneuver it dropped I had to like 
walk over it on the way out. It was so demeaning. I almost should have just, I should have just stopped and picked it up, but man, all about that show presence. Oh, I would have. Like, I would have just been so defeated. I would have just picked it up. <laughs> we'll see ourselves out. <laughs> yeah, I've only lost a tail. At Cowgirl Queen, I lost my tail. Doing your little run? What? Doing your little, like, run? Yeah, during the slide, like, he, like, because he kind of slid, and then he backed up right away, and I I was probably pulling on him, but whatever, and I lost my tail, and I didn't even realize that I'm back in the, in the lineup, and I'm like, yeah, guys, that was awesome, (laughs) and then I see the ring steward walking over there, and I'm like, that's weird, and I'm like, did I lose a shoe, so I'm looking, and I see her pick up the tail and just walk over to me and she goes point your mom out on the rail and I'll hand it no and I was like oh my god that was our best oh it was humiliating I cried point your mom out on the rail I know and I was like she's the one hanging her head in dismay like you'll know which one when you get she's actually not here any longer she left after that (laughs) hear that that's the sound of our truck and trailer peeling out of here So if anyone's got an extra stall, let me know. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, it was horrible. And then I think I lost one at open show once in the equitation when he was getting a little frisky on me. He just backed, backed it right up. But it's fine. We're better people for it now. Okay. All righty. Well, what was that? Episode 29 coming to a close. Quality and quality only. If I may say so myself. Um... Kind of like all the times we've lost our tails. <laughs> it was a nightmare for us, but entertainment for everyone else, which is why we're here, still going. <laughs> yeah. We don't do this for us. I mean, we kind of do, but same time. Thanks for listening. And if you enjoy the content that we give you each week, you know where to find us. It's on Facebook and Instagram. If you're looking for us on TikTok, not yet. Haven't haven't done it. Haven't stooped so low. <laughs> Other than that, see you guys next week with episode 30, where you'll get the dirty on Iowa Pino. <laughs> I love it. Thank you. <laughs>